0: and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Trevor
1: Woods here with SB Nation's Maize and Brew. Have a special guest today. The NFL Draft is coming up quite soon. And I'm here with NBC Sports Edge NFL Draft expert, Thor Nystrom. How are we doing today, Thor.
0: Good to join you, Trevor. Doing great. Doing great. We're only six days away from the start
1: of the draft. Yeah, I know. It's And you know, there's going to be so much that's going to happen between now and then. So much once the first pick, the the clock gets underway. Obviously, there's so much that you can't predict as it pertains to trades and and trading up and trading down. So I I love all that. I love all the drama that's going to unfold. But uh, let's get right to it. And the first pick, or you know, first couple picks in the draft. Aiden Hutchinson, Michigan's Ed Rusher, Heisman finalist, Heisman runner-up. Absolutely phenomenal season, of course. What are you hearing, Thor? Uh, you had a tweet yesterday. You've definitely been working the wires, uh, trying to figure out how things are trending for Hutchinson. Yeah, Trevor,
0: you know, this, this time of year, the DMs are hot. Right, um, and so yeah, you know, I've been I've been trying to figure out what what's going on here. I've been getting messages from people that you know, high up coaches, stuff like that, that are confused about the Trayvon Walker to smoke at one. I I was too, and and I am. Um, but you know, you're trying to figure out is Jacksonville actually going to make that mistake, and that's what I think it is, or are they going to hold serve and take cushions, or are they going to find a, a trade up? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I think as far, as far as the the first pick, you know, what I heard was Hutchinson is at least from from his interactions with the Jaguars, he's been led to believe that he's going to be the top guy. Now we we know that teams lie to prospects all the time, but that's that's what you know where he's sitting right now.
1: And uh, also, you know, you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but it seems like a lot of years. It feels different with the first pick right now. Just six days away, that uh, there's still an element of uncertainty. Of course, uh, what you just said—it sounds like you know what the Jags are telling Hutchinson sounds pretty solid. But like you, you just mentioned the Walker situation. How he's uh, his stocks perceived to be rising. Uh, does it feel like it's not completely locked up though?
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, I mean if if you just look at the markets, you know, usually that's that's you know a better indicator than anything else. Walker's odds have been just absolutely slashed for that, that one, one slot. You know, I, like two and a half, three weeks ago, I, I think he was plus 1,400. Uh, last time I checked, it was more like plus 200. So, I mean, th- th- that is a crazy drop in just a couple weeks. But, you know, I, I do think he's in consideration. It, it seems like what the situation is, is most of the organization prefers Hutchinson and Trent Balky for whatever reason. Wink, wink, uh, might not. You know, he might might like Walker more. Uh, but both because he, he tends to fetishize, like, the, the, the size speed guys there, the, the sort of athletic profiles. And then, you know, he also famously doesn't get along with Jim Harbaugh. So,
1: Yeah, exactly. I think you summarized it perfectly for anybody who might not know that, yes, Jim Harbaugh was the coach of the San Francisco 49ers. Obviously, he had some success there, went to a few NFC championship games, won Super Bowl appearance, Balke was the GM, they butted heads. Harbaugh was out after four seasons, three successful ones. But uh, moving on, there's some other Michigan prospects, and uh, there's going to be a lot that are either going to be drafted and or undrafted free agents. Uh, Michigan, under Harbaugh, has done pretty well in the NFL draft as far as that goes. But uh, there's a couple other guys. Now, David Ojabo, Michigan's other edge rusher, he was perceived to be a first-round pick and then obviously got injured, tore his ACL at Michigan's Pro Day. Very unfortunate. And then there's Dax Hill, Michigan's safety, and he's a borderline late-round-one prospect. Uh, More than likely round two, in my opinion. But what is your opinion, Thor? Where do you think those two guys might wind up?
0: Yeah, Ojabo, his range, it's going to be somewhere between, I I think, 20 and 40. I I think it's going to be somewhere in there. Definitely might have a team, uh, you know, quote-unquote roll the dice on him in the late first round especially then you, you get the fifth year on him you know which you know if, if a part of the first year is going to be compromised because of that torn Achilles you know that that might appeal to people especially a guy that you know is, is needs some development but you know if he hadn't gotten hurt if that hadn't happened I think he was going just about the same place that Brian Burns did a couple years ago coming out of FSU Burns very similar to what you know Ojabo was what we saw last year at, at Michigan as far as the the speed the, the special sauce being the speed rushing element off of the edge uh, but you know again just because of the, the risk with the durability now he might be dropping to the end of the first round or to the top of the second round but if, if he doesn't go on Thursday night he's not going to have to wait long on Friday to hear his name called Dex Hill it's 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 kind of a similar range it's not for the same reason you know with him it's more the devalued position. And then you know if, if you're you know is he a nickel defender is he a, is he a true safety you know however you want to do that but certainly with the, the athleticism he has and the ability to do multiple different things You got certainly the, the coverage utility I, I do think he goes in the top forty picks and like I said he, he's got a shot to slip into the end of the first round as well.
1: Yeah, I agree with your assessment of Hill and especially in today's NFL versatility is often king on defense and the fact that he can do a little bit of what Honey Badger's skill set is, is you know obviously a plus for him, so we'll see how it shakes out for Hill. He didn't always do things flashy uh, at Michigan, but he tested phenomenally well at the Combine and that always helps. Now let me ask you this, when it comes to evaluating any player, evaluating quarterbacks, how much stock do you put into the combine? How do you quantify it when you view that and then you view all the game film? How important do you feel combine performances are?
0: I, I feel that there's, they're important, um, but it's context dependent on how important they are. You know, for, for some players, I don't need to see them test. You know, for, for some play, you know, a, a pocket passing quarterback, it's irrelevant or, you know, some of the, or, you know, a, a, a skill guy who I already know what is athleticism is on the field. I, I already have a really good idea about it. It's, it's usually the guys where. Um, you know, you're looking for one specific thing. Like for instance, we didn't get to see Drake London test. I know he's fast in a straight line. I was hoping to see his agility, um, you know, and, and get a better idea that he can create, consistently create separation. Um, and, and there's, you know, other examples of that, of, of guys where you're looking at a very specific uh, couple tests or, or a test, you want to you want to test, you, you want to see if this guy's got legitimate long speed or whether that guy can change directions, et cetera. I, I think in that way, it's important. And the other way it's important is we have so much data now, you know, going back, you know, to the at least the mid-80s as, as far as, like, comb, combine testing data. We have a really good idea of what the, sort of the threshold, the gatekeeper is as far as athleticism to getting into the NFL. If you test as a bottom 15th percentile athlete, the odds are so stacked against you of, of doing absolutely anything in the NFL that, that those guys you, you have to bump down to. So th- th- those are the two things that I use it for.
1: Now, speaking of somebody who didn't get to test in any, you know, uh, shuttle, cone drills, 40 yard dash, Michigan running back Hassan Haskins, who had quite a good season for Michigan. Haskins did do the bench press. He had the most bench press reps at running back, I believe it was 28, which is highly impressive. But obviously, he's somebody who teams wanted to see. How fast he is. Some teams, I talked to Hassan a couple times in the past few months, to some teams question his speed. Uh, they question if he can catch passes, and Hassan's adamant he has enough speed, uh, can catch passes. Obviously, some really good film there is of Haskins, you know, doing some uh, things that would indicate he has more of a versatile skill set than just running into people. But what is your take on Haskins, and where would you draft him? What round would you uh, take a shot on Haskins?
0: I I think that the question about his speed is fair, but the perception that he's not usable on third downs is not fair. Um, I, I think he's a better receiver than he gets credit for. And I know he's a better blocker than, than he gets credit for. He, You know, he, you put him, you know, in the top, the top, you know, I don't know, 20% or top, even 10% of pass blockers in this class as, at the running back position. He can do a lot of different stuff. I, I sort of think of him like as a discounted version of Damian Pierce, who a lot of people have talked about this process, where it's it's that you have the the fully fleshed out skill set. Um, but, you know, Pierce just has a little bit more athletic juice. Uh Haskins is, a, is in the same way a, ta- a tackle breaker, physical runner um, has a you know crazy stiff arm as you know he'll break your jaw. But you know the, the, where I'm, my my concern with him it's it's not even really a concern. Is I just think that there's a, a cap ceiling because of that sort of the lack of high end juice. I, I think probably like fifth round. I, I, I think you know I, I think that might be the sweet spot. Maybe sixth, but but somewhere in there is where I'd expect Haskins to go off the board.
1: And yeah, one thing that will help them, and you kind of alluded to it, very good pass blocker. I mean, let's face it, more than half of collegiate running back prospects, they're either not good pass blockers or they really haven't picked up the skill at all. They don't even have that much experience. And and I'll give you one example, Trevor. Michigan fans will
0: love this. You, You go across the state to Kenneth Walker. Kenneth Walker, not only is he a bad pass blocker, he won't do it. Kenneth Walker makes business decisions and pass pro. So, I mean, your, your, your point is really well taken. There's a lot of running backs like that that either don't want to do it or don't have the skill set or the utility to do it. That, that's why it, it's a very important skill in the NFL. Cause if you can't pass block as a running back, you better be a dang good receiver or you're not going to be on the field on passing downs. We now pass the ball more than 50% of the time. So, I mean, you're not going to play if, if you don't have a skill there and he certainly does.
1: Yeah. And you know, the Michigan fans and Michigan State fans do listen to our stuff, too. You know how that goes. So uh, now that you brought up Walker, uh, Walker had five touchdowns against Michigan. Uh, Haskins had five touchdowns against Ohio State. I was at both of those games. A couple Some of the best running back performances I've ever seen in person as far as the collegiate ranks. Um now, yeah, I just let's compare Walker to Haskins and Haskins to Walker for a second. Obviously, Walker is a more thought of prospect than Haskins, and uh, why is that? You just uh, gave a check mark to Haskins as far as the uh, pass blocking, but obviously the running backs and that's uh, what's paramount them running the football. So, what separates Walker from Haskins? Is it uh, his feet? Is his quick cutting ability? Uh, just the tape period. Is there more wow stuff with Walker than Haskins?
0: Well, I, so I, I would definitely rather have Haskins on the field on passing downs than Walker because Walker is also a poor receiver. But where where Walker's got him and. and has every running back in this class, in my opinion, is just the pure rushing. You know, just, just the running ability. Um, you, you, yes, you, you were mentioning it, you know, as far as his agility, he's the most agile running back in this class. It's really difficult to square him up, really difficult to get your hands on him. Um, and he's a tackle-broken machine as well. You know, he finished as the top uh, number two to, to Malik Willis overall in broken tackles last year, but the number one running back in terms of broken tackles. And then you got what he did for in the Pre-draft testing really helped himself out by confirming his athleticism in a way that, for instance, Isaiah Spiller did not. You know, he he ran in the four and everything like that. His other tests were really good as well. So he's an athletic specimen, runs with strength. You know, I mean, again, breaks the tackles, hard to get, hard to square up. So I I, I think that's the stuff. As a pure runner, he's the best in the class.
1: Now we're going to move to and. For our listeners, Thor, check out his stuff on NBC Sports Edge. Very, very thorough. No matter what position, you're going to get a ton of knowledge, a ton of analytics, uh, a ton of perspective. So I encourage everybody to check Thor's stuff out. But we're going to transition into uh, quarterbacks. I know you love to talk quarterbacks. And Willis is your number one in this class. Could you give us, uh, just uh, real quickly, just tell us your top six guys? I'm sure you can tell us off the top of your head, and then we might, might go a little bit more in depth in a, on a few of them.
0: Sure, yeah. So I, I got Malik Willis, one. Matt Corral, two. Uh, number three, I got Desmond Ritter. Number four, Pickett. Uh, number five, Carson Strong. And then number six, Sam Howell.
1: Okay, so within that six, is there like a tier one, tier two, tier three, or, or, or uh, how close or how far apart is a one through six?
0: Yeah, th- for me, there's, that, there's a drop-off after one, um, and I would even say a drop-off after two. Like, I'd probably have Malik in his own class. I'd have uh, Matt Corral in his own tier, um, and then the next couple – it, that's where it gets a little bit closer so I, I think Ritter and Pickett is very close and then Carson so that, that would probably be the third tier and then the fourth tier uh, Carson Strong and Sam Howell that's pretty close it, it would depend on what you know what your, your team is looking for in the quarterback position but th- th- that's how I break that down
1: okay and yeah so let's start with five six Let's talk Strong Howell. Now, definitely different skill sets with those two guys. I was actually quite impressed with Strong's Combine performance. And, uh, you know, that obviously made me want to dive uh, much deeper into his film. And uh, I was impressed. Definitely has a top-tier arm, just as far as sheer arm talent you need a ball deep down the field, he can deliver it. With Howell, he does have some good arm strength, obviously a shorter player. Uh, You don't think he's going to be able to run as consistently as he did in college as the NFL. I've I've been reading your articles about Howell. Um, Now, do you think Howell could have, and we'll, we'll get back to Strong in a second, but do you think Howell is going to be more of, just as far as sheer agility from a quarterback? Forget about the throwing for a moment. But he, you know he's got compared to bigger Mayfield before. Do you think he's going to have Mayfield type agility in the NFL, which obviously isn't that that great? And uh, you know the speed of the NFL caught up to Mayfield in that regard. Or do you think he can potentially have a bit more of a Russell Wilson type uh, scrambling to his game, or do you just think that's not in the cards?
0: I don't think it's in the cards because I don't think his athleticism translates like that. And that's one of the, the big concerns that I have about him is in college, you know, like, you know, the first two years he was great. You know, and certainly he was a Valley who would recruit, came in, he was great the first two years. But that was with four NFL skill guys. And then the four NFL skill guys leave last year. And all of a sudden, you know, Sam Howell, who, you know, he'd been in this one read, you know, sort of half-field read offense, and, and when when the, the looks were not – he wasn't getting the same looks last year. When Joshua Downs, their speed merchant number one receiver, when he was covered, Sam Howell would – you could tell he didn't trust his other receivers, and so what he would defer to is scrambling around. And, and you know, he piled up a 1,000 rushing yards, but he did it against a bunch of crappy ACC defenses. I, I would have rather seen him beat all these crappy – ACC defenses with his arm um, but, you know, that, that wasn't in the cards last year. And, I, I, you know, that's one of the reasons why his, his stock is way down. If, if you can only win when the, the guys around you are, you know, you have you have a talent advantage everywhere, th- that describes a lot of different people. I, I don't know what Sam Howell does to differentiate himself from other guys or, you know, and, and stuff like that. Uh, he, he's worth a post-hype sleeper shot, I, I think, see if you can fix that. You know, see if you can, you know, get him to, to read the progressions quicker, go south to side quicker stuff like that but um yeah he, he does have the army he does have some some mobility but the, the mobility ain't translating the way he's going to want it to and and where the baker mayfield comp breaks down for me is baker mayfield was so aggressive as a thrower um, and he was so creative in the intermediate area sam Howell, it's, it's it's just not the same thing you're what you're typically seeing is him bombing the ball down the field or, you know, dropping off to a secondary receiver on the other side. But it's typically things that have been instilled in him. This is your first read, you're, you know, you're going to throw it to him. He threw to his first read, you know, predominantly. Um, you didn't see as much of that stuff of, like, trying to to steal cornerbacks' uh, lunch money in the intermediate area like we always saw with Baker at, at Oklahoma.
1: So you obviously you had Howell 6. You already mentioned you have Strong at number 5, do you think Strong will get drafted ahead of Howell?
0: No, uh, no. Howell's definitely going to get drafted above him, um, you know, in part because of the recruiting stuff, you know, in part because they got to see him in the P5. And in part, you know, I, I assume age will play into it too. You know, he's the only true junior in this class. The, the reason that I prefer Carson Strong, it, it's you were sort of alluding to this, it's it's the arm. You know, I, I think he has top three arm strength and arm talent in this class. Now, some people, you know, with, the, with where the game has gone, they, you know they, they don't want as much of the pocket passer that the immobile pocket passer that that's what Carson strong is but as far as winning from the pocket as far as pocket awareness and as far as his arm talent you, you put him up there some some people with Carson strong you know the, he, they put the scarlet letter on his evaluation saying he has a degenerative knee condition I've heard that it's not degenerative you know he, he's been cleared long term by multiple uh, you know different medical staffs including the Los Angeles Ramses so it, as long as that knee is not degenerative, instead of giving him a scarlet letter on his eval, you should actually be giving him extra credit, because last year he played you know, with his one bum knee, he'd rush back on the early end of his recovery timeline, six months instead of 12 months, It was always swelling up on him, he couldn't move around very well, wasn't able to plan off that leg when he was throwing, so you saw a lot of all-arm throws, and he still dominated last year, so I, I think once that guy gets healthy, and he, and he, he is healthy now, you know, he, he was moving around really good at the senior bowl, I, I think his game plays up.
1: Yeah, I mean, as far as the, the Combine, the most impressive throws, in my opinion, and how he, t- in my opinion, disappointed. I thought he was going to do a little bit better at the Combine. But to me, it was Willis and Strong, just as far as some down-the-field throws, some bombs on the money. Uh, they impressed me the most. What about you? Yeah,
0: you, you know, those, those guys I put with... Um... Uh, matt corral you know in in terms of their arm talent it wasn't a surprise that they impressed there um you know some people will will put you know sam howell in that group but but not for me you know sam howell he throws a a, like a catchable deep ball you know he puts some air under it but i I don't see the rpms in his arm that you see with some of these other guys and i don't see him fitting the, the ball into windows that you see with these other guys nor do i see you know the want to, to to fit it in like sam howell this is another you know issue i got with him he wants to see the receiver open he wants to know that he has the best of it um to put the ball up well you know in, in some situations that's fine but when you're when you're when when you're going to defer to scrambling around and you're not super duper athletic when that doesn't happen i i think that's where it breaks down
1: okay now Kenny Pickett. uh He, another guy, definitely ran a good amount this past season, and I I still think it's stupid they changed the rule because of him. Uh, I'm in the minority on that one. But uh, do you think his agility and athleticism as a runner can translate to the NFL?
0: I I think better than Howell's. Yeah, he's more athletic than Howell. You know, when when, uh, Kenny Pickett was coming into college, I, I don't know if people realize this or not, but he was considered a dual threat recruit. It's just Kenny Pickett, he uses his mobility in the pocket to buy himself extra time you know he he wants to throw um it, it's funny he he can he pick it 55 56 something like that percent of his passes the last two years have come within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage a lot of this sideline to sideline quick hit and stuff and yet he he held the ball longer than anyone in the pocket in this class so like it, it makes it makes you wonder like with Pickett, can you you know can you uh, pull the trigger a little bit faster in the nfl because it's it's not going to work out the same way for him trying to scramble it you know you know, in those situations, as it did against Syracuse, for instance. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the, the the mobility aspect of his game will certainly translate better than than Howell's. And he could even start to scramble a little bit and try to get yards out of the pocket in a way you didn't see a ton of pit if you wanted to.
1: Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that, you know, how long he held on to the football. And uh, it just made me actually think of Lamar Jackson. And, of course, Lamar, pretty damn good NFL quarterback, has won an MVP. So no Lamar slander from me here. But uh, Lamar, his issue in college also was he held on to the ball too long and because of his obviously running prowess, and it's continued to be a problem for him in the NFL, and that's why you know he gets sacked a good amount, uh, some costly fumbles. But is there any other players uh, in the top six that we're mentioning, uh, perhaps in the uh, top uh, four or top three, uh, moving down? We got uh, Ritter, uh, Corral. And Willis, do these guys need to uh, have their time clock go off a little quicker? Or uh, is it not an issue for the top three in your uh, uh, board? Well,
0: Willis is the other guy that, that holds on to the ball for a while. Um, I, I give him more slack with it, though, because he has that all-world athleticism, sort of like, you're, you know, like with a Lamar Jackson. Um, and the other part of it is you look at the passing charts of those guys, Malik Willis's is the inverse, you know, whereas Kenny Pickett, all of his throws were coming within 10 yards of the line of scrimmage and a bunch of them behind the line of scrimmage uh, with Malik Willis, more than twenty percent of his passes were more than twenty yards downfield. So, so it's it's more that, and then the belief that he can get himself out of sticky situations. Now he's he gonna have to do. He's gonna have to go in the NFL. It's gonna have to be quicker with, for Malik. But what I will say in his defense is he played behind this just horrid offensive line. Where there was always pressure in his face right off of the snap, and so that's why you saw a lot of the scrambling to the right. I thought it was pretty telling when he goes down to the senior ball. He's playing in front of, you know, playing behind a talented offensive line for the first time, playing with receivers that can separate for the first time. That he was by far and away the best quarterback there. It wasn't even close. And I think that's what you're going to see more of in the NFL with his game rising with comparable talent around him.
1: Okay, last one for you, and this is specifically about Willis and Corral. Do you see both of these guys having long NFL careers? And obviously, you know, part of this question is the, who drafts them in the situation in which they're entrenched to, right? And, and sometimes it's just good luck or bad luck. But uh, in general, their skill set, their leadership, uh, confidence, swagger, Whatever, just you know, all the million variables. Uh, do you see either of these guys busting, or do you think uh, wherever they go, they're going to be solid guys who're going to probably end up helping their franchise or another franchise out somewhere along the line?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, Corral and Willis in this class are the two guys that I think are going to start for a long time in the NFL. And I, I think with with Ritter and Pickett, I think they're more stuck in that quag. They're going to be stuck in that quagmire where it's like they're always between like the twentieth and. 40th best quarterback in the NFL sort of a thing where you're sort of Vacillating between being a low end starter and a good backup. That's sort of what I see out of those guys. I, I comp uh, Ritter to Marcus Mariota. I call him Mainland Mariota because you got the same physical pack, you know, it's the it's, it's exact same dimensions and then very, very similar testing, you know, across the board. Uh, we just didn't see, uh, or maybe we just didn't think about it as much because uh, Mariota was coming out of that breakneck offense. They played on Chip Kelly and, and Mark Elfrich, whereas Ritter was, you know, was more of a uh, risk averse in, in, in some ways with at Cincinnati where they didn't want him to put the ball up in the air if he didn't have the best of it but uh, Ritter does a better job of of going through his reads than than for instance Sam Howell does he takes care of the ball really well and his accuracy has improved you know before last season more than 60 percent of his passes were within 10 yards of the line and his, his adjusted accuracy rate and all that sort of stuff was still pretty bad. You know for like a a, a top four round quarterback or whatever that time I was comping him to Brett Hundley it's what it reminded me of Hundley at UCLA but this past season they they cut down the throws within 10 yards by like 10 percent so now Ritter was down more like 53 54 percent which is more analogous it's still on the higher end but it's not red flag high and then meanwhile Ritter's accuracy jumped up you know he, he he got points and the adjusted accuracy so you saw him throwing down the field more and being more accurate overall
1: actually i got one more for you we you know i've been hyping you up as an expert and you certainly are you're among the best at what you do and i, I truly mean that but uh, you know i've covered the draft for a handful of years and we all have swings and misses right what is yep. what it, what is your worst swing and miss at the quarterback position, uh, mine is Jake Locker. <laughs> I thought Locker was going to have a very good career uh, for the Titans coming out of Washington, and uh, you know he's been out of the league a long time now. Do you have a one that sticks out, whether it was five years ago, three, ten years ago?
0: Oh, a hundred percent. Yeah, you, you you always remember your big misses. I uh, my, my my biggest miss at the quarterback position it was right right before my my biggest hit so the the year Lamar Jackson came out you mentioned him before I ranked Lamar Jackson 5 when a lot of other people in the industry were ranking him in the 30s or 40s or whatever but number one that year unfortunately I had Josh Rosen
1: Oh, okay. Well, enough said. It, it happens. It, it happens to the best of us. But uh, you, you swing and hit a lot more dingers and homers uh, than striking out. So uh, we all appreciate that. So Thor, you want to tell people where they can find your work and find you on Twitter?
0: Yeah, you can find my stuff at NBC Sports Edge. We've gotten through all the position rankings, and I'll be dropping the Thor 500 on Monday, which is my 500-player big board with 500 comps. And then you can find me on Twitter at ThorKU.
1: Yeah, and uh, I encourage everybody to follow him on Twitter because not only are you going to get the analysis, not only are you going to get the links to the top 500 and all that, he also throws some good memes out there, and we all need that. all need some laughs throughout the day. So, hey, Thor, I... Can't thank you enough for coming on. Thanks for all the insight about Michigan players and thorough breakdown of the top six quarterbacks. So thank you, buddy, and uh, can't wait to see the rest of your work uh, during the draft and after.
0: Appreciate you, Trevor. Good talking to you. You too.